2: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
0: Using marijuana before the age of 25 could actually cause changes in our memory. That's because THC, the active chemical in weed, attaches to receptors in the hippocampus, the part of your brain that creates memories.
3: Learn about marijuana at our website.
0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy the Goldilocks Productions presentation of the In The Psychic Flow Show with Carol Ann Carey.
2: Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us on In The Psychic Flow. My name is Carol Ann. We have a wonderful show for you this evening. And uh, we have some special guests. We have Dr. Brittany Ann and her technical assistant, who is uh, Scott uh, Daniel Scott, And uh, what is unusual about both of them already is that they both have, like, first names. And so I thought that was very interesting, first and last names are first names. And also, they are... Sarasota Paranormal Investigative Science Team. I was so thrilled to find an investigative team in Sarasota, since we broadcast from Sarasota, on my show anyway. And uh, so I just wanted to talk to them tonight, and we are going to have some very interesting conversations about their particular work. They're quite different in, the, in their approach, so we're going to explore that. Um, also, I just want to remind you that next week is a uh, November 14th, we have psychic Joanne Leo with us, and she will bring down the house, so buckle up for that show, and there'll be a lot of call-ins for that. So if you didn't have a message for the last couple of weeks, that's okay. We've had special guests. Uh, we will have Joanne Leo next week, so please tune in for that. I hope you like our new location. And we are now no longer on Block Talk, but we are on everything else, Spreaker and Spotify and iHeart, I guess, and just about everywhere. Um, so that should be pretty exciting. This is our first show, so bear with me if we have any glitches. Uh, my website is C A R O L A N C A R E Y. And I am, uh, I hope to be your spirit connection. I am the psychic medium of Sarasota, or SRQ, and uh, I would love to meet you. So please look up my website and give me a call or an email. I'd love to hear from you. So without further goofing off, let me bring on my special guest. I have Dr. Brittany Ann and uh, her partner in crime, which is uh, Daniel Scott. I think I have that correct. And um, they are quite unique in what they do. She has a Ph.D., uh, Brittany does, and that's interesting. We're going to talk to her about that because she has a special and unique, I would say, uh, doctorate. So we want to talk to her about that. They also have some wonderful things on their website, which is spisparanormal.com. They have merchandise. They have the locations they have investigated. They have their gallery, and they have testimonials and their events. And so please uh, check that out. Dr. Brittany, are you there? Yes. Hi, how are you? Hi, so wonderful to meet you. I am so glad to get a chance to speak to you. How are you doing tonight? Great.
4: How are you?
2: I'm doing terrific. Um, What can you tell us about your education and why that is um, so helpful to you in your investigations. You would think most people are like, oh, okay, I don't think I really need a degree. But it does add a certain validity and a flair to your investigations. Can you talk to us about that?
4: Yes. It puts me different from other paranormal investigators because there is a lot of science investigating it isn't just going into a a building that's claimed to be haunted and walking around with devices it takes a lot of scientific effort to conduct an investigation as well as a lot of spiritual guidance in performing an investigation so I like to do 50-50 50% 50 science and add in 50% spiritual so we for sure, host the best investigation and get down to the bottom of the haunt.
2: Now, do you also um, have some clair- uh, some psychic abilities yourself? Did I read that that you yes. are clairvoyant? That's fabulous. Uh,
4: I have a claircognizance to me, which mm-hmm. that's part of the clairs. But when I do go into a building that is haunted or any place. Spirits do tend to speak to me. I don't have a psychic ability where I feel like I could just pinpoint and talk to them. They actually come to talk to me.
2: That's cool, very cool, and I think very helpful. Um, what is some of the places? Where are some of the places that you have been? Um, I noticed that there's a huge list here of locations investigated. What are some of the outstanding ones for you? And it's very interesting to me because a lot are in this location, in Sarasota yes. and the uh, above and beyond.
4: We, we've investigated Catazan Mansion, which was just a great opportunity to be able to be in the, the mansion after hours and have the opportunity to investigate such a historic building. We've investigated New College, which is also connected to the Catizan Mansion, because that's Charles Ringling's house. Right, so okay. So that was John Ringling's brother. We've done the Cuban Club in Ybor City. We've done the Hampton Inn in Bradington, Spanish Point. Last year we hosted a investigation at the SS Victory down in Tampa, which is the um, Vietnam warship, the transport ship. We've wow. done... Um, the Arcadia Opera House. We've done a lot of different restaurants in Sarasota. I just recently got back from Tilman Path, Nevada, doing an investigation at the famous Clown Motel down there.
2: Mm. You're all over the place. We are. And i also, you know, uh, tell me a little bit about, you have so many great locations I want to ask you about, and I have been to Historic Spanish Point. What did you feel there? Was there anything unusual there, or was it more like uh, Native American, or what was your feeling on that location?
4: Um, The first time we actually went there, we had a lot. We've done Spanish Point twice because we always like to go and do a second or possibly third investigation to collaborate all the evidence that we've collected to make sure it coincides and is very similar to have that 100% documented truth of the paranormal. To me, going to a place once and doing an investigation isn't good enough. I like to get down to the bottom of the haunt and actually try to figure out if there is a way that we can stop it and help the spirits. So the first time we went to Spanish Point, we contacted three different spirits there, and they were all very friendly. They were willing to come on and talk to me like I said when I come into a building they automatically just come to me and I believe they contacted one that was a slave that was saved
5: Mm -hmm.
4: and that was pretty it was really intense for me and very emotional to know that these spirits know that they feel comfortable speaking to me that's that's a big plus in what I do to know that they're comfortable and they know that somebody's listening to them.
2: But oh yes, husband, I would imagine so. It's um, that's a beautiful aspect of this because a lot of times people will watch shows on TV, you know, paranormal investigations on TV, and people are really trying. The investigators are really trying to find something. Where here, you walk in, they come right to you, and they're telling you their story, which is really what we want to know. Like, why are they there, you know?
4: Exactly. Or,
2: you know, that's a beautiful aspect to the work, so I appreciate that you do that. What What do you feel um, were the, like in this particular, this uh, slave that was there, is that slave able to move on or is that slave going to stay there?
4: Well, when we went back the second time, unfortunately I wasn't able to communicate with him, but I feel like, um, he was one of the ones that her name, the owner of Spanish Point back then who made it. Um, her name's totally slipping my, my brain right now because there's so many investigations that we've done. But um, she actually saved a lot of them from being oh. traded and stuff. So I felt we were trying to communicate with him. But the second time we went there, we actually were communicating with a little child, we believe. Mm -hmm. And that was in the White Cottage where we, I also communicated with, I believe to be the slave last time. So the White Cottage at Spanish Point definitely has a lot of activity.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Um, maybe that, uh, that slave has moved on, I would hope, you know, maybe. Um, and I commend that, uh, the creator of Historic Point for saving those poor people. Um, that is just amazing to be able to walk in and have these people come to you. It's a great gift. Thank you for being able to do that. Your, um, let me ask you one more on a location. Was the worst one for you Uh, location Gettysburg was that the most difficult
4: I personally didn't investigate Gettysburg my husband and partner did oh wow yeah he had some things there so that one I can't truly say but he is here if you would like to ask him that
2: oh I'd love to I'd love to uh, speak with him about that
3: yes uh I did get the opportunity to investigate there and you're correct. It is pretty difficult just because it's such a wide area and a lot of outdoor investigations aren't the easiest, but for me, it was more so a lot of feeling like you, you could feel the presence of something there and all the death and everything from the battle was extremely strong, especially walking through the cemeteries. It was, it was quite the experience. I could tell you that much.
2: Uh, thank you, Daniel, for speaking with us. This is Daniel of uh, Sarasota Paranormal Investigative Science with uh, Dr. Brittany. Um, I would imagine that you have—I don't want to say the hardest part of the investigation, but I would imagine it kind of is the technical aspect. To me, is beyond me. Um, can you speak to us about your work and and how you measure and and what in particular you use? to get your information?
3: Yes, um, I use digital recorders. I don't do a lot of visual because for me, audio is one of the best ways to do things. But um, Mm -hmm. we use the SP7 spirit box. We use an SLS camera. But my job mostly is I am an investigator along with Brittany Ann. She does the grunt of it though, but I will sit there for hours and hours for days on end when we're done just reviewing audio after audio after footage. And we can go into an investigation, and a lot of times you will find nothing, but I, have, I tend to sit there and I'll listen to the same two- to three-minute track 40, 50 times just to make sure I didn't miss anything. And I also use computer programs to go through and measure different audio frequencies just to be able to find out if it actually is a voice or not. So yeah, the technical wow. side is, is is a lot, but I enjoy it. That's that's where I shine.
2: Do you feel um, that because of the devices that you use, do you feel that they respond well, the spirits we respond well to that? Do they know that they can be heard? Do they know to talk? Um, are they familiar with this kind of stuff or is it just natural? They just talk and it this just picks it up?
3: Personally, I think a lot of it is natural. I mean, uh-huh. when I am investigating, I do tell them I am using a certain device. If you do see this light, speaking to this and I'll be able to hear you. But a lot of it, depending on it could also depend on the time frame that they come from. I don't necessarily know they know what we're even talking about. So a lot of them right, I don't right. think they have any idea what's actually going on. But we just mm-hmm. have the luck to be able to have the gift of hearing them.
2: And do they seem happy to share their stories with you?
3: Most of the time, yes. I mean, you yeah. will come in contact with, we call it, an unhappy spirit, and a lot of that will let you know, definitely will, but majority of the time, yes, we get pretty positive responses.
2: And what was your feeling at Gettysburg? Was it, um, I, I would imagine you must be either empathic or uh, be able to pick up vibration or frequency or something. Was there, uh, Did would you describe it as um, doom and gloom, and also was, did you feel that there were people still reenacting how they were killed or why they were there? Did they share anything with you or are they just, is it a residual? Is it a spirit? What would you say?
3: What I came in contact with, I think, was residual. It was more of whatever took place there was repeating itself over and over and over again, like a feeling of despair and sorrow. But certain aspects, like you'll feel a sense of victory almost. That just depends on where you're at. And probably oh, who see. you're walking through. It really all depends. But I didn't get to spend too much time there. But it was more of a very heavy, heavy feeling when I was there. So I would yeah. say more of like sorrow, despair, and stuff along those lines.
2: What would you? What was your take on uh, the Cuban Club in Ubert City? What was your take on that? That's an interesting location, I would imagine.
3: I enjoyed it. I thought there was definitely some history there and spiritual activity. We actually came in contact with a little boy there. Brittany can speak more about that because she was the one doing the investigation. I was doing all the technical side to it. So I'll let her take mm-hmm. over.
2: Okay. Um, Dr. Brittany, what's your take on, to give a little background on the Cuban club, I believe there was a lot of uh, cigar making there, a lot of tobacco uh, industry in New City.
4: Yes, we actually. And that was the
2: mainstay—a mainstay, mainstay and a lot of was it uh, a lot? I would imagine a lot of Cubans, um, Hispanic uh, Cubans, there, and bringing that art of tobacco and cigar making with them. I think that was the big push on that city. But I also, I think, I had read there was a lot of mob and gang uh, activity. Was did you find that to be true?
4: Correct. There, there was um. Something that really hit deep with us when we investigated, we've been to now to the Cuban club three times. The second time we actually had a few um, followers come with us and we did a group investigation, which we like to do to bring people who are interested in this field to show what it's like to actually go on a paranormal investigation, not a ghost walk or a ghost tour, but to come with us, use our equipment, follow me, feel how I communicate with the spirit, we really like to do that because that sheds the light, too, on what we do and how true investigators actually work. So that's something that we're very proud of that we do. But one of the um, young ladies that came with us, she's actually a preschool teacher, so it was nice, and she's Spanish heritage. Well, mm-hmm. we weren't even really investigating yet. I was kind of going through, telling everybody about the place, and talking about the little boy who actually passed there. He was eight years old. He accidentally drowned in the pool that was in the basement. Oh. It, it was really sad. It was like a four-person, five-person, basically like a hot tub that they had for yeah. the gentleman. Yeah. Back in the 1930s, well, an 8-year-old boy drowned there. And as we were talking about it, we kept having this feeling. And a lot of times we like to bring objects to see if we can get the spirits to come out and actually, you know, communicate with us through these objects. And we had balls. Being a child, a bouncy ball, the balls Mm -hmm. actually started moving as we were just talking about it. So Daniel right away went and got all the equipment and was for sure setting up and filming this, and the preschool teacher who was with us started, you know, we were all communicating, and the connection between her and me and this little boy got very um, intense, and it was very emotional, and she started speaking to him in Spanish, and he was responding in Spanish through our spirit box wow and she was asking him a question and he was responding and he was responding in Spanish which was really beneficial to us to prove that it's not just a voice coming through that this is the little boy who was Spanish who at eight years old back in the 1930s and 40s did not know how to speak English right and she asked if she wa- if he wanted her to be his mommy, and he said see, and just the, oh. the feeling and the emo- and the feeling that I'm getting now just speaking about it, it's just so emotional and it's so beautiful to know that you can settle these people who still need to be hurt, and especially yes. with a tragedy with a young child, it was a very touching moment as an investigator.
2: Wow, and that is amazing. Me and this lady became
4: really great friends. I don't want to say her name, but we're very good friends now, and she's starting to do more um, investigating and look more into the spiritual paranormal path. So it it opened up her eyes a lot more, too. It was very touching.
2: That's a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that with us. Do you feel that um, some of the... Let me ask you about the opera house in Arcadia. Now, I have not been there. I've been past it. Um, that's an old, old location. Did you find people? Did you find any celebrities that had been there? Or, or what kind of spirits did you find there, if any?
4: Um, that's, that's one of our um, main investigations that we do. We do an investigation, honestly, almost once a month there with groups. But the first time ever going there, was the first time I ever astral projected wow. and that, w- that was a very big thing for me but it was very hard for me to come back because I felt a very heavy male presence and I explain this when I tell people I felt a hand come over my left shoulder and the way he said my name in the ear in my ear was a very dark eerie way mm. and yeah. I I seen it as if I was above myself. And it it took me a minute to actually, like, get back in body and, like, compose myself. Well, while this all was happening, I screamed for Daniel, and I know I screamed. Daniel didn't hear me. The owner of the opera house didn't hear me, nor did the other investigator we had with me hear me well. I don't even know how I ran out and found them, but they were actually on the balcony. And I don't even, like I said, know how I found my way up there. But they said when they seen me, I was completely paled white. So yeah. it was just a very first time. It was it was kind of awesome that I was able to do it, especially with all the training and learning how to ask for your but to actually do it and feel the heaviness of a spirit come and speak to me was pretty amazing, and every time we go there, we feel like we are um, unfolding the stories that have happened there. Wow. There's um, a little girl who supposedly fell out the window and died, uh. and we communicated with her, but after every time we go there, I feel like I am communicating with new people, and I feel that she just didn't fall out of the window, and it's so hard to say these things because you can't document, you know, your spiritual feelings or say, well, this person came to talk to me, but I feel like that's not the whole story, and I truly feel that the gentleman who sometimes isn't so nice to us when we go there had something to do with it.
5: Uh
4: and we're slowly scary. trying yes we're slowly trying to figure that out and hopefully you know put it put a name in the history books and say this isn't really what happened and then there was a lady who um supposedly hung herself Ugh. on the stage who was the owner of the opera house's mistress and long the story goes that she hung herself because he wasn't going to leave his wife for her, which, I mean, that's typical of every old, you know, story. But as we were communicating more and more with her, we actually feel that she didn't hang herself, that maybe somebody actually did that and made it look like that because I think she was going to expose him. And back then, uh, what better way to stop being exposed, especially if you're a socialite in that time, losing everything?
2: Oh, my God. Yeah, so, so you kind of stepped into uh, a criminal act, possibly. And uh, that's even more <clears throat> investigating for you, you know? It's even more. Somebody wants their story told. And I exactly. think that's pretty cool. <clears throat> you, um,. Your website, once again, for our listeners, is Sarasota Paranormal Investigative Science, S-P-I-S, paranormal.com. The investigators have a quote on their website, Dr. Brittany and Scott. Uh, Daniel, excuse me, I'm going to keep doing that. I apologize, Daniel. Um, The investigators say, if you can't be a human, be a ghost. That's a great quote. And I think that's really nice. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, Also, which I think is very cool, uh, Brittany, is that uh, you are the founder of SPIS. You are a certified paranormal investigator, CPI, parapsychology PhD. I want to talk to you about that. And master's Mm -hmm. degree in humanistic science. You are claircognizant. You do cleansings, and you are an evidence analyst. Daniel Scott, I got his name correct, I was flipping his uh, names, is a paranormal investigator, co- co-founder of your organization. He's the field tech, lead equipment tech and operator, and evidence analyst. You are a dynamic-looking couple, and you, I can feel your energy that you are, like, so committed to this. How, what does your Ph.D. and your master's degree bring to this work, in your opinion, I know it gives you an edge, and I know it, it gives you, and you have other gifts like claircognizant. What, does the, what do the degrees do for you? I've never heard of a parapsychology PhD. Please talk to me about that.
4: It, it gives me a better understanding of the phenomenon field, being a psychic and working with people with psychic abilities and helping them cope with truly how to function using them, because a lot of times, especially in children, people don't understand the gifts that they are given, and sometimes it scares them. So being a parapsychologist, I am able to work with these people and counsel them, too, on how to work and accept these gifts, because it's starting to be more accepting nowadays, which is awesome for everybody in this field, in the field of psychics and mediums and Mm -hmm. just everything. So that's that's where the parapsychology comes in and working a lot with spirits and emotions and different claircogniences and how to work and read people is a, is a big plus in this field and learn how to work more with psychic energy because it's, it's also 50% working with spirits but it's also 50% working with humans as well because you need to get that one-on-one bond with if someone calls you for a private investigation or somebody who is having trouble at one of their business locations, they need to know that they could feel comfortable with you as well as you feel comfortable with them.
2: Right. Because this is kind of a, um, a, there's an intimacy here. If if someone calls you, let me first say, you offer personal paranormal investigations, at-home investigations, spiritual cleansings, home cleansings, paranormal evidence analysis, and group investigations. We are one of the only paranormal investigating groups to offer group investigations where you are the investigator, which you had told us about with your friend, the mm-hmm. teacher, which is amazing. That's really cool. Um, when someone is calls you and says, we have problems, we think we have problems at our workplace or our home, they are sharing an intimate um I would say fear with you. That's an intimacy, something that they are afraid of. They don't want to admit it. They might be embarrassed. They're they're caught between a rock and a hard place. They don't know what it is. They can't disprove it. Would you agree with that? That's something that you really have to trust someone to tell them this. First of
4: totally. all, totally, totally agree yeah. with you.
2: Yeah. Um, as a psychic medium. Uh, My sole purpose is to deal with uh, people's departed loved ones, and I stay with that. Uh, I have done some paranormal, some ghost tours and stuff like that in downtown, but it's not my preference. And I'll tell you why. Uh, The paranormal kind of scares the bejesus out of me, so I give you both a lot of credit. Um, I talk to dead people all the time, every day, and I'm not scared, you know, I haven't had the bejesus scared out of me like I have with the paranormal, so Mm -hmm. I I think it's kind of spooky. So I give you a lot of credit for doing that work, both of you, um, and approaching it in such a beautiful and humane way. So I want to say that about that. When people contact you, what kind of stuff are you finding in their homes and businesses? What's going on there?
4: Um, A lot of times... It is just natural occurrences, and we definitely go through a client credibility scan, I call it, you know, to make sure I'm not wasting my time as well as wasting their time because being now in the upfield, everybody wants it to be paranormal, and a lot of times it's really just natural occurrences, but we did have one of, and this is one of my favorite little stories, and I'm going to just be really short with it. I had an old couple call me. Because their front light kept turning on and off. And their doorbell kept going off. And they had to be in their 80s. Sweet little couple, both talking to me on speakerphone, going back and forth like that cute old couple does. And I mentioned to him, I said, why don't you just go check the breaker? Maybe something's wrong. Well, lo and behold, I get a call two days later, and they were like, thank you. There was an electrical issue. My son came and fixed it. You're such a savior. And I'm like, something so simple that they just got scared. Yeah, yeah. That was like one of the cutest little short stories of, you know, a lot of times it's natural occurrences, or somebody's going through something really, really emotional in their life, and they're creating these occurrences because we all do it. I mean, we've all gone through something, you know, strenuous or traumatic in our lives, and sometimes our energy is what creates these occurrences. And that's where the poltergeist occurrences actually come in. It's not mm-hmm. true haunting. So,
2: like if you have um, some teenage daughters in the house,
4: exactly. RFPK yeah, I've seen I've seen that on TV. The- Yes, is one of the biggest things, you know, where she's mad cuz her friends not going to date the guy she likes and she's creating these energies with all the stress and emotion that she's feeding out, not understanding that her energy is actually creating things to move or shift or things to wow. fall.
2: And do you get that often or does that happen quite a bit or is that unusual?
4: No, we get, we get that a lot. We had one case where it was happening with the teenager and just things like that happening and that's when you just got to tell them you know relax life is so short just be happy don't sweat the small
2: things don't make a drama out of you know Yep. there's there's plenty of fish in the sea um let me ask you this is unusual too i really like this you have a facebook presence so people should look you up. You have videos on there. I did post a couple of them the other day. I found that very interesting. Uh, you're a very beautiful couple, both of you. You're very attractive. Um, you seem thank to me you. very sincere in your application of everything in your devotion. So thank you for that, and thank you for helping people. You also have um, not only your events, your testimonials, but merchandise on here as well. And I thought that was really cool. I really uh, like that. I don't think I've seen that before. Um, Let me ask you about this spirit board thing. I've never seen this before. It's like, instead of a Ouija board, it's like a special board with, like, Scrabble tiles. How does that work? Yes.
4: Those are my spirit dice. Those are my number one tool that I use to communicate with the spirits. There is 16 dice and they are strategically placed letters on them. Now, back in the days, people used ruins to communicate as a deviation tool. This is just another deviation tool that I came Uh upon years ago that I just attempted to try, and it felt like it worked for me then, so I just, ever since then, been using it. Um, I actually bought a couple off of the Internet a while ago, and then I'm like, I needed... My personal ones, like everybody needs their personal tarot deck. So Daniel actually right. made me my first set of spirit dice. And what they oh. are is he makes them, So and they're all handmade, hand carved, hand wood burned. So our his energy goes into making them, which makes it more special than just buying something right. and selling it.
2: And well, I've never I, seen it before, and I have to commend Daniel. Thank you so much because I just feel I feel a wonderful and sincere um, empathic energy from him, very passionate about what he does and creates. Um, and I can see these. You must check out these boards on com, made by Daniel Scott. This is quite interesting. It's sort of shaped like an oval, a board and a very decorative board and um, it has yes and it has a, uh, sun and a moon and no on it so how do and then you have these little um, dice or tiles whatever you want to call them and they're all decorated beautifully with letters and it looks like maybe I don't know what else is on there uh, symbolism um, how does that work do you just shake them and throw them on the board or how do you do that
4: if I'm feeling an energy presence in a location that we're investigating, um, a lot of times I do not bring the board because it is very bulky and it's yeah. very quick. Um, I hold the dice and I'll ask a question, and I'll actually wait for the spirit's energy to roll them for me. Oh, so wow. sometimes it could take, like, two seconds. Sometimes it could be a good minute or so to actually feel their energy, tell me it's time to roll them. And the dice have to be strategically in order for the words to come out. So if I ask a question, are you the male that's with us? I'll wait for the presence to feel if they roll and I'll roll. And if it's a yes close to one another, then I feel like that is the spirit communicating through me to these dice. And one investigation that we did with Riley, who is our videographer, she's new to the team, and she's one of the greatest videographers ever, so I want to just put that out there. We were investigating Katarina's Restaurant, downtown Sarasota, which is no longer there, but that right. is one of the best die sessions that I ever had. They. They kept speaking with me through the dice and we were getting at the end some pretty negative readings from the spirits that we were capturing there. Mm. But they were all conclusive with what I was asking and it was just a really neat experience.
2: Do you uh, Does um, Daniel use a spirit box? Did you mention that? Or is yes. there some kind of box?
4: Yeah, we use the SB7 Spirit Box, which reads through radio frequencies.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: So we use it in reverse because we feel like you get less contamination through it in reverse. And what that is, oh. it's, it's trying—it's a white noise, and you're trying to pick up a spirit coming through through it.
2: I find that so fascinating. I have never used one of those. Um but it's just—it it just sounds fascinating to me that out of all of this white noise, and it's—it's it's not just white noise because you're picking up what I've seen. I've seen other people on YouTube use them, and they're—they're they're getting uh, snatches of songs and uh, maybe a commentary and uh, words over here. You totally unrelated conversations, and I'm, mm-hmm. it's like you stepped into the middle of several conversations, and I would find that very scary to me. But um, how do you feel about that? Do you feel it's an asset to your business or a good tool?
4: Uh, I do. I, I like the SC-7. You have to, which I explain to a lot of people, is you have to learn your equipment that you're using because you can pick up other interferences. But if you're in an investigation and you're feeling the energy, and you know it's coming through, then you know it is the spirit that you're trying to communicate, especially when you ask questions, and it comes through. A lot of times we ask, how many people are here with us? And you're going to get an answer, eight or five. Then you know that's highly unlikely to be a contamination from a radio frequency because it is a distinct response to the question that you just had asked.
2: Wow, that is incredible. It's also kind of scary to me. I I give you a lot of credit. I think you're very courageous, both of you. Um, Talk to me about what is coming up for you. Why do I feel a book here? Do I feel a book coming on for you both?
4: We're, We're talking about a book, actually, but we're not talking about a book on, you know, haunted things or, like, haunted counties we're actually talking about a book on our haunted experiences and what it's done for us as a couple and how we want to further our education and further our experiences in the paranormal field to put out true evidence and let people know that there is more to everything than what we see on day to day
2: that would be terrific that would be very interesting. What led you both into this work? I did not ask that initially. Um, what what brought you to this, to start your foundation, to start this this, this investigative service?
4: Um, my first experience happened when I was eight years old, the first time that I ever knew that I had a clear cognizance to me. My mother bought her first house, and... it it was kind of a rough first start for her she had to get the lady evicted and it was just very traumatic especially my mom being a single mom trying to raise me um and it was a couple weeks after moving in i kept telling my mom that there was a man at the end of my bed and he kept going into the closet and i told her exactly what he looked like what he was wearing and at the time I didn't say noose I said he had a rope around his neck and Ugh. you know she she was at first kind of like you know Brits stop watching the scary movies you know normal things yeah. parents tell their kids but my mom being a spiritual person in the spiritual field already kind of took two or three times and was like okay she's not you know making this up And she actually looked further into it and found out that the lady that we bought the house from, her son actually committed suicide, and he was from Texas. So that was the first time knowing that this is what's happening to me, and my mom's kind of always worked with it ever since. So I'm very thankful for her not to shun it and just work with me my whole life and let me know that I'm okay being me. Mm-hmm. And this is the path that you're given, so.
2: I really feel um, that would freak me out. I see a lot mm-hmm. of dead people, but I know that they're friendly because they want to communicate with their loved ones here. That that would be the context that I'm contacting them. Um, you know, I'm speaking to one of their loved ones who wants to speak to spirits and on the other side. For you to have someone show up with a rope around their neck, that would really freak me out, Brittany. I'm sorry. I don't think I could handle it. Um, Didn't that bother you? As a child, it was a little scary,
4: but... Yeah. I mean, as I got older, even when I tell people now when they say, aren't you afraid, I'm not really afraid because I know they're still trying to communicate. I mean, even if... right. They're not the nicest spirits because I don't believe in demons or anything like that. They still right. need to be heard. They really do. And um, the if per- they feel comfortable talking to me, then I feel comfortable listening to them.
2: I think it's because you both are so accepting. You're not making a judgment of their uh, personality or who they are. I think you were just looking at the situation that these spirits have found themselves in. I would imagine, and I think that's really beautiful. How about something like the St. Valentine's Day Massacre in Illinois? How did you feel about that? This I would imagine that was a mob uh, shootout or something. And uh, if I recall, and they weren't the greatest, pe- they weren't the nicest people, but you were willing to tell their story, I guess. How did that feel?
4: That It was kind of like when Daniel went to Gettysburg, that since the building wasn't there no longer, and it's um, kind of like a field now, it was very... Yeah. Like, you felt that energy, and it wasn't the greatest energy. And then we also, we did revisit Al Capone's grave. Wow. And, you know, it was pretty pretty intense there, but something that was also really cool going along with all those things coming from Illinois, investigating there, then going into the Hampton Inn in Bradenton, where Al Capone actually stayed in the executive suite there, Wow. we felt like we had more of a connection with him, and we actually smelt the cigar smoke. Up on wow. the it's the fourth floor, which was the suite, and something that was. See now, those are the
2: things that you don't get on tape, right? <laughs> so you have to be very perceptive to say we that you're you're smelling it with the other your um your other investigator now as well. Uh, it's nice to have a third person or a fourth person with you to witness that. How do you feel about that? Like you can't. How does Daniel feel about that? I feel like he likes to measure it. But when something like that comes in, what a significance do you put to it? I mean, to me, that's very
3: telling. But you can't measure it. No, no, that's not even something that you can even record. It's more of just personal experience. Right. But it definitely shows that something was either there with us or residually taking place again and again. And from the St. Valentine's Day to his grave to all the way out here at Bradenton, it's the same feeling. That's amazing. So the way we feel it is it's definitely whatever was it there is here also. So if it is Al Capone himself, he's giving off a very strong presence, and it tells a story also.
2: Well, I would think he would have quite a presence, because I believe he did have quite a presence here on Earth, you know, with his exactly. uh, his lifestyle. Um, I did, now that I have you on the phone, uh, Daniel, what, um, what brought you into this? type of work.
3: Well, as a child I always and I still think of it now is experience some paranormal activity, but growing up in a very religious family, that's not something anybody really ever followed. And mm-hmm. I just kinda shrugged it off as a kid. But as I got older thinking more about these occurrences and also just the thing that I was always drawn to. I mean of course the horror movies, the Halloween, everything else and cemeteries, but It's just something I always had an interest in, and then I met Brittany, and then over time we realized we had the same strengths and interests and all the same thing that we just kind of, we ran with it, and that's when we started investigating together, and we formed the team that we are, and I think both of our strong interests in it makes it even better and makes it even stronger, and brings out whatever we're investigating even more because our energies together as one make one giant giant thing
2: oh yes i agree as a couple i feel you bring a lot to the investigations there's a lot of caring sensitivity um you must have some uh psychic abilities as well i would imagine because if you can smell something and you can feel that uh, maybe you 're empathic or you can or clair uh, visual you're clairvoyant or whatever. I think that brings you know latent gifts. The gifts are there, the abilities are there, and this kind of work brings it out and I think together you are an unstoppable team. It feels like to me so great thank you for sharing that it scares it scares me to death i 'll be honest with you, and I talk to dead people all the time, but the stuff right. that you guys see. Or it's not, you know, unless Al Capone comes in as somebody's grandfather, I probably wouldn't want to talk to him, you know? Right. No, What, I understand. what do you feel? Do you feel that um, that the badder they are, the more residue they have, uh, the more uh, frequency they have, or the more haunting they have, is it stronger the badder they were, or how do you feel about that?
3: No, I honestly don't think so. Um, with the with the evidence that we get from that, it really, it, it's pretty much the same either way, whether it be really negative or really positive. I mean, it just it's how they want to come through, the, what they want to tell you. And if it is a negative presence and we feel it, they'll let us know by certain things that we say. But it it it's hard to kind of explain. I mean. Mm-hmm. It, did you it, have
2: something scary like Brittany did happen to you? Did you have you I, ever had somebody I touch
3: you? So. I, I've had that happen. I actually had that recently at one of the uh, Arcadia Opera House things, and that, that freaked me out quite a bit because it's been so long since that's yeah. actually happened. But as a child, like I was telling you before, I had these reoccurring, and I thought maybe they were dreams because I was so young, but in the house that I lived at, I was always afraid in our basement, and one Section of our basement, and I I could it's like a reoccurring memory where I can picture myself standing at the bottom of the stairs, but something pulling me back back into the basement. And the entire time we lived there, I was always afraid of this one section of the basement. Now I always thought maybe it was me just being a young child, not really thinking about it. But as I got older, I, I started to not convince myself, but be like, maybe this actually was happening. And when I got older. Right after my grandmother passed away, it's kind of a sad story, but I always have a fear of hospitals, and when she was uh-huh. at the last stages of her life, I was the only one who did not go, just because I had such a strong fear of that. But uh-huh. now, after she passed, I feel she visits me, she, and one night she did visit me, and I woke up to somebody rubbing my back, and I saw a white light, and I presume it was her but everywhere we go, my grandmother was 100% Italian. I smell Italian food like I did at her house as <laughs> a child all the time. And Brittany even smells it also, so it's not just me. Like we'll be watching movies movie or something, I'll go, "Hey, my grandma's here," because out of nowhere you'll get Italian cooking smell, and there'd be nothing taking place in the house at all. So that's right. that's another real strong thing that really makes me believe and really pushes me to see. What is on the other side, and who's actually still trying to speak to us?
2: Well, that is uh, also a gift. Uh, some people call it clair um, salience, as one of the clairs. Um, so you obviously have that, which involves uh, smelling a fragrance or odor of a person or animal in your surroundings. They're not perceived with the use of a physical nose, but um, and beyond the limitations of time and space, so you obviously have that clear scent, I guess, paranormal smell. So you both are so talented, and and uh, I appreciate your gifts. And you would be the first people I would want to call if something, God forbid, mm-hmm. I have something. I'm going to keep you on my speed dial just in case something happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but All right. yeah. um, I, I really uh, salute you uh, for the work that you do. Um, mm-hmm. As long as I'm speaking with you, Daniel, what was your take on the SS Victory? What was your impression of that location? That was one of your many locations. Uh,
3: that unfortunately, the ship, I guess? unfortunately, I didn't get to experience that one, just like Brittany didn't get to experience oh, okay. The Gettysburg. There is some investigations where it just doesn't work out where we both can be there in my line oh, of work, I'm not uh, able to be there, so she takes over. What's your most
2: significant uh, investigation? What do you feel was your most, uh, your best experience?
3: I think one of the best ones I had was at Spanish Point because it was one of the first ones we did in Sarasota, and I hadn't had a real strong occurrence with me when I was by myself until there when we were in the white cottage and I was hearing things that in my mind would tell me wouldn't even be possible. And when things started physically moving right in front of me and I wasn't the only one to see it, it just, all while this was happening to me was when Brittany was communicating with somebody directly in the other room. So there was so much energy between the three people that were there that all these things were taking place and each one of us was there to verify that it was actually happening. So that was a wow. very intense one. And when we, going back to the Arcadia Opera House, what draws us there so much is one of the first ones we did there, I was actually physically touched. And it, it's been so long since I've actually felt that. It brought back a lot of memories. But just being able to know you're speaking to somebody and that they're actually reaching out and touching you is just, to me, is just amazing. Uh, it's pretty scary, too. I mean oh, yeah, I would think yeah, I that's, I'm not gonna lie that, that did shake me up a little bit, but it also pushed me to want to go even further. like I, I wouldn't say it was fear but more of an excitement thing.
2: Oh, I'm, I incited your uh, curiosity because I feel yeah. that you have that that's probably a big factor is curiosity and the willingness to learn. So I think that's very interesting. Let me ask uh, both of you. Pardon me. I'm sorry. Um, mm-hmm. What does Sarasota mean to you? Uh, you set up shop here in Sarasota. There, I know you go to other locations. Do you feel that Sarasota is a particularly haunted area or, um, or not, it just average?
3: I think parts of it, yes, with all the history that's there. But it was just a big foundation for us officially creating something. That's why I think it's important. And I think we got our start there. And for me, its I've had some of my strongest experiences there. I can't speak for Brittany, but its it's been a real big factor in pushing us further and further in what we do. And, yes, I would say a lot of it is.
4: It feels like it's our home.
3: Right. Uh,
2: Ghosts and all, right?
4: Yes. I feel like it's accepting the history, the feeling. When you're just even walking downtown, you just feel this sense of being back there when it first started with the Ringlings and, you know, the Palmers and everybody who contributed to building this beautiful place that we live. You know, we want to preserve that, and we want to keep their memories and spirits alive. And I feel that's like, that's what we're doing, and that's our home since it's their home.
2: Have you ever investigated um, – I did – I had taken a walking tour. There is a ghost tour in Sarasota, and I forget the name of it. It was very interesting. They were very interested that I was a medium, so they did ask me some questions about what I was picking up. Um, I later took a small crew of people around downtown off of Central, the Rosemary District, I think it's called. Yeah. Um, right off, well, I think it's off of Central there, I want to say. And the Ice House was there, um, and some other really old bungalows were down there um, and are still down there. And uh, we did get some information. We also went to the cemetery downtown. I forget what that's called. Have you ever been in Rose that Cemetery. area? Rose Cemetery. Yes. Oh, that's we've Rose Cemetery. Okay. Yeah. we've invested in Rose Cemetery. And what's Rose your Cemetery. feeling about that um, that area it's, historically?
4: It's it's a beautiful historic area, and there's so much history that's impacted into the ground. that right. I believe those areas need to be preserved. And. I think historically we need to stop tearing down all these old buildings to build new because it's right. definitely taking away from the history and the energy, you know. We've right. got to keep up with the old to even get into the new, in my eyes.
2: Well, you know what I had? Um, I guess we were uh, – I'm trying to think what street. Well, we were off of Main Street at one point and looking down to the water, um, that that was originally Newtown off of Main Street. Newtown is not was not where it is now. Newtown was moved because it was black and they moved the black area out, but they didn't take the whole cemetery. Mm-hmm. So the black, original black cemetery, African-American cemetery of probably slaves and people that came off ships and and whatever, and landed here, Um, some of the cemeteries are still under these buildings like the Hyatt and stuff like that. Yeah. And I found that I was horrified and fascinated at the same time. And I thought, how sad is that? When you visit locations with, like, modern buildings, are you getting the ground underneath as well, the history of the ground underneath?
4: we are and i think that's why a lot of times when you know there are hauntings that are happening in buildings that just are built in like 2000s and on and, um, that's why they're getting these hauntings because it's not the building it's the ground it's the soil it's the energy in the land that is being disturbed
2: right and, and i don't think it's people realize right that Tampa. uh-huh
4: in Tampa, they're finding a lot of these um, new condos and apartments being built on top of cemeteries. Oh, and no. It's, it's pretty, it's sad because that's, you know, you don't want to be disturbed in your final resting place.
2: And what kind of cemeteries were there? there? Were they um, Native American burial grounds or they early American settlers or what kind of cemeteries were there?
4: I don't factually know that, but that, that's just coming up. Like, how the could they
2: build on months. top of that? That's, how can they get the permission to do that? That's not right.
4: Um, just investigating at the Clown Motel in Las Vegas. I know this doesn't have to do with Tampa, but the reason why I believe the Clown Motel is so haunted is because it's actually built on part of the cemetery that is right next to it.
2: Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. So,
4: I think um, maybe when buildings and and the politics matter come up, saving a little portion of something and calling it historic is considered okay and demolishing half without knowing is what's happening Uh, in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. So, preserving a little will be historically saving it yet not realizing that there's 30, 40 acres that they're demolishing and just taking out the headstones and building these buildings on top of it. So oh, I think that's so sad, isn't really it? It is. Talk. Money talks. Money talks, I think we should, should pay more I, respect. I thank you
2: so much for sharing that, uh, Dr. Brittany Ann, CPI, and Daniel Scott. These are the Paranormal Investigators for Sarasota Paranormal Investigative Science. Uh, their, their website is spisparanormal.com. We are at the end of our hour. I have been. It has been a delightful time spending time with both of you, and thank you for our listeners. Please look up on, on Facebook as well. Uh, Brittany and Daniel, you'll be able to see their investigations, their merchandise. Very, very interesting. Brittany and uh, Daniel, thank you so much for spending time on in the psychic flow. I really enjoyed, enjoyed speaking with you.
4: Thank yes, you, you, you for having have. us. We really enjoyed this.
2: Oh, thank you, and I hope we talk again soon. Thank you both yes. for your time. I appreciate it. Of course.
4: Thank you.
2: Thank you. Have a good evening. You, you too. too. Thank you. Thank you, listeners, for turning in to our new location. Um, you can find us also on Goldilocks Productions. If you want the, uh, the YouTube version or the URL, you can find that there. And I've enjoyed so much. Don't forget, next week, uh, Psychic Joanne Leo will take your birth date and your birth name, and she that is your record in heaven. So please call in and get your Uh, interesting reading with her psychic numerology. We look forward to hearing from you again. Have a good evening. Till next time.
3: Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well,